לקוטי סיכוס, חלק י"ז, פרשס קידושים סיכה בייז. We learn לעילוי נשמס רבי יוסף בן יומן, בן רב מנשה קולטמן. In Perak Yutes, chapter 19, verse 18, Pasuk Yud Ches, of this week's Torah portion, were commanded in the mitzvah of Ahavas Yisrael, with the words, V'yahavta l'reacha k'meicha, to love another as oneself. Rashi, quoting the Teres Kayanim, explains with this, with a quote from Rabbi Akiva, that this mitzvah is a great fundamental rule in Torah. Commentaries expand on this and explain that Rabbi Akiva wanted to indicate the importance of this mitzvah and its vast fundamental importance in Torah as Hillel does in his explanation, saying what is hateful to you do not do to another. This, says Hillel, is the entire Torah and the rest is commentary. What's surprising is that Rashi mentions this altogether in light of Rashi's established paradigm regarding his Torah explanations, that they come only to explain the literal interpretation of the verses. Rashi is not a book of reproach with lessons to inspire us to the fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs. For sure, there's a world of thought in all areas of Torah that we do learn from Rashi, particularly as they apply to a Jew's daily behavior. But foremost, Rashi's explanations are there to explain the literal intention in a verse. And so we wonder, what is there to explain in this verse for Rashi to quote the words of the Pasuk and conclude that this is a great fundamental principle in Torah? Rashi also mentions Rabbi Akiva as the one who he is quoting in his explanation, and we wonder why, as we know that when Rashi does so, he is adding to our understanding of his explanation. There is a common phrase, says the Rebbe, it's a good question with a simple answer. And so it is in our case. When one learns the verse, that one's love of another Jew must equate to one's self-love, an immediate question arises, If indeed one fulfills the mitzvah of loving another with the same love one extends towards oneself, then why the need for all the individual mitzvahs commanding us not to steal, not to seek revenge, not to hate, and all the other detailed mitzvahs between man and his fellow man? After all, when one fulfills the mitzvah of Yahavta l'reacha properly, we're careful as a result to not harm another. And in fact, we endeavor to be kinder and more giving in that vein of doing for another as one would want done for oneself. The answer is because to love another as oneself is a klau godol batayra, a great principle in Torah, which then tells us that there are many aspects of this great principle, and they are therefore detailed in all their specific mitzvahs. As we witness often in Torah, there's a principle as the, and the individual features of that principle, even when we might understand these details on our own. One might question 
Why, if these mitzvahs are details of the principal mitzvah, of Yehavta Kamecha, they don't actually follow after the principal mitzvah is taught. Rather, they're scattered throughout Torah. To which Rashi says, this isn't an ordinary principle in Torah, it's a klal godel batayra. It's a fundamental principle affecting the entire Torah. For an ordinary principle, details must follow immediately. But for such a huge and fundamental principle, incorporating so many aspects and details, impacting all of Torah, the details need not follow immediately. What demands clarification here is the familiar challenge that arises with this mitzvah. How do you command someone when it's about feelings? Man can determine his actions, but less so his heart, his emotions, and feelings. So how can we command every Jew to feel this love in his heart for another Jew, with no exception and restraint or judgment? And let's not forget this mitzvah is nuanced. It's not about just loving another. It must be kamecha, as you feel about yourself. How is this actually possible for every Jew to love another as he experiences his self-love? As the Rambam phrases it, the human heart cannot fathom love of another as it loves itself. Another aspect of this question would be that several verses earlier, in Pasuk Yudalit, verse 14, the Torah enjoins us to not curse the deaf, to not place a stumbling block before the blind, and concludes with the words, V'yoreisa melekecha, you shall fear your God, which Rashi explains to mean that since what goes on in someone's internal dialogue is not discernible by others, and if one misadvises another, no one can truly know if the intention behind that bad advice was actually good or evil. And one can avoid recrimination by saying, I meant well. And so the Torah commands us in conjunction to this scenario to fear God who does know our inner dialogue. And the same is true, Rashi concludes, for any situation where another does not know and is in fact not privy to our inner dialogue, Torah will then command Vyoresa Melekecha, fear God. Rashi, in fact, gives this same explanation in several such situations. Why then, when the Torah commands us to love another as oneself, love being an internal experience of the heart, and the real challenge of loving another with the same self-love we experience, certainly an internal journey of the heart, is there no warning of and fear God? It's to answer these questions that Rashi explains this mitzvah as a principle and quotes this in the name of the one who taught it, Rabbi Akiva. If the mitzvah of Yahavta is a principle, then in practice its fulfillment is actually in the details, beginning with the details mentioned in this Torah portion. Don't slander, don't hate, don't take revenge, 
and what we are taught earlier yet, don't steal. Hence, the v'yahavta l'reacha kamoicha is a commandment about the things you can control and you can be commanded to do. And with these detailed commandments, we are told, and fear God. Rabbi Akiva specifically is known for the opinion, Chayecha Koidman, your life takes precedence over another's life. Kamoicha then means that your two lives are not equatable because your life must take precedence, in Rabbi Akiva's opinion, over another. Thus, Kamoicha, the kuf in the word Kamoicha, is the kuf, the letter equating one thing to another in a particular aspect. It is like one should love another like one loves themselves. There is an aspect of this love in which one should love another as himself. Rashi explains the usage of the word kamoicha in Parshas Vayigash, where we have the words kamoicha kipari, when Yehuda pleads before Yosef for Binyamin's life, and he says kamoicha kipari, which translates as, for you are like pari. Rashi's explanation is choshuv ata be'enai kimelech, you're as important in my eyes, like Pari. It was only so in Yehuda's eyes. That didn't actually make it so. For others, Yosef is like Pari. As Pari says, none will raise a hand other than with your instruction. But in regards to Pari himself, it's not so. Similarly here, as long as the issue isn't about one's actual life, the love to another Jew must be kamecha, like your self-love, and you must do for another Jew as you would do for yourself. But if it becomes about your life, as in the possible situation of two people in a desert, and one has a flask of water, if it's shared, they'll both die. Then Rabbi Akiva says, Chayecha koidmim, your life must be considered before the life of another. But things remain unclear. Granted, Chayecha koidmin, but even when we aren't talking about that, is the suggestion that every Jew can love his friend as he loves himself, Kamoicha? Also, this feeling is meant to be extended to everyone, to every Jew, even to a sinner. Yet Torah determines punishment for that individual. This too is answered via a saying of Rabbi Akiva that Chavivin Yisro shenikru bonim lamakim. How dear is the nation of Israel who are called sons of Hashem, which tells us that we as a nation are literally siblings, and that makes loving another Jew kamecha understandably possible. Thinking about this Jew with this feeling that another Jew is his brother, and these thoughts arouse a feeling of love, the love of a brother. So any Jew, no matter where he's holding, can be loved in this way, because every Jew is always a son to Hashem. As Rabbi Akiva said, 
to Turnus Rufus that even when we are like the sons of a king who is angry with us, even then we are still his sons. So by highlighting Rabbi Akiva's name, Rashi alludes to yet an additional idea. A seasoned scholar is likely to ask, if is a big Torah principle, a general fundamental foundational theme in Torah, why is it only mentioned first here in Parshas Ketoshim? So long after we were given the Torah and we established the Mishkan. But this isn't really a question according to Rabbi Akiva. In the tractate Chagiga we learn that Rabbi Akiva takes the opinion that all the Torah precepts and their unique details were given to Moshe at Sinai and were again repeated in the tent of meeting in the tabernacle in our Parsha. So in fact, this then, as a principle, was said long ago at Sinai. The inner lesson in this explanation that Rashi offers us on our verse is that there are two ways of expressing what is Avas Yisrael. As Rabbi Akiva teaches, it's a fundamental principle in Torah. In other words, it's one of the principles in Torah. True, a fundamental principle, but yet one of. It's a principle, klal gadol b'teira, in Torah, not klal gadol ha It's not the principle of Torah, but b'teira, in Torah. Hillel, however, says, zuhi kola kula. It's what all of Torah is about, and the rest is commentary on this. So we understand why Rashi quotes the teaching of Rabbi Akiva, because simply put, Avas Yisrael isn't the entire Torah, it's a principle in the mitzvahs between man and his fellow man. In fact, in the Gemara where the words of Hillel, what is hateful to you, do not do to a friend, then followed by Zeh, Kol HaTorah Kula, this is the Torah in its entirety, are expanded upon by Rashi, who says that Hillel, in this instruction to the fellow who was seeking to convert to Judaism, wasn't really about the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael. Rashi says Hillel was using the word Reacha, your friend, as a reference to God, saying don't transgress God's word. Rashi's second explanation in the Talmud tells us that while the word Havercha, what is hated by your friend, what is hated by you, don't do to your friend, means one's friend. If the reference Hilla was making was to an actual friend, then only the mitzvahs of stealing, thievery, and adultery could be included, but certainly not all the other mitzvahs that are not between man and his fellow. So which then of the two opinions of Hillel and Rabbi Akiva is the accurate expression of Avas Yisrael? As all our sages' teachings are the words of Hashem, both of these two expressions, that Avas Yisrael is a klal gadol batayra and kol hatayra kula, must both be true and can be explained through a deeper understanding. Let's look at the question that seems to arise. If Avas Yisrael is, as Hillel says, kol hatayra kula, the entirety of Torah, then of what significance is it to say 
as Akiva, Rabbi Akiva does, that it's a great principle in Torah. If you've got the whole parcel, how is a detail of that parcel a definition of it? In a unit of 200, the number 100 cannot be claimed to be significant. What does saying that Avas Yisrael is a Klal Godel add to what Hillel says, that it's Kol HaTorah Kula? Particularly as Kol HaTorah Kula was said by Hillel first. To respond to this, we look at the teaching of Hillel. Be as the pupils of Aharon, love peace, pursue peace, love all creatures and draw them near to Torah. This is a Mishnah that is quoted in the name of Hillel. The obvious question here is what connection exists between pursuing peace and loving all creatures, all people, and drawing them close to Torah specifically. Avas Yisrael is about doing another Jew a favor, not only spiritual favors, but in the area the other person needs help, both materially and spiritually. There's a well-known explanation for this that teaches us that the Mishnah forewarns us not to accommodate Torah to fit the act of Avas Yisrael. In other words, Oyevis Abriyes love every type of Jew by raising him up spiritually and not by God forbid finding loopholes and accommodations for where he is holding spiritually. This explanation, however, would make it seem that Umakarvan Latayra is just a side point to the statement, to the Mishnah. If the person is on a lowly level, then don't lower Torah standards in your showing love to your fellow man. But the phrase says otherwise. It, the, the way the Mishnah's phrase tells us Umakarvan Latayra is actually the way in which we extend this love to another. As indeed, the Alter Rebbe teaches in Tanya in Perak Lamed Beis, chapter 32, regarding this teaching. And he says that what we learn in this Mishnah is that even if there is Jews distant from God in divine service, that the love you extend should be a binding love with which you draw another Jew close, and with these strong bonds of love, you may be successful and perhaps you'll be able to bring them close to God. In other words, the goal ultimately is to bring them close to God. And if one doesn't succeed in doing that, the Alter Rebbe says, one hasn't lost out on the mitzvah of love of another. This explanation of the Alter Rebbe becomes really puzzling in light of what the Alter Rebbe said earlier regarding Avis Yisroel. Earlier, the Alter Rebbe said, love another Jew because he is Reacha. He has a soul. All souls are equal. We all have one father. Hence, we are called Achimamosh, actual brothers. So love of a Jew extends from the greatest to the littlest, as the Magid expresses it, love a complete Russia, as one loves a complete Tzaddik. So if it's not about his spiritual status, why then is it connected to this is clarified through explaining the saying of our sages, We as a Jewish people arose first as a motivation for creation in God's thought, prior even to Torah. We're loftier even than Torah. Yet, we learn in the Zohar 
that a Jew is bound to God via the Torah, which certainly sounds like Torah is loftier than the Jew. This is explained to mean that indeed at our source, we're on a higher level than Torah. Via our descent, however, into this world, into bodies, our connection to God is through the Torah we study, which tells us that a Jew is a composite of two dimensions, or that there are two dimensions to what is a Jew. From the point of source, a Jew is higher than Torah, and therefore, even if a Jew sins distancing himself from God, he is Yisroel. For his soul's source connection to God isn't dependent on his actions in this world and cannot be altered by them. Which, in fact, is what assures that ultimately every Jew will do tshufa, returning to Torah and mitzvahs to the fulfillment of God's will. Because that soul's source motivates his need for the connection in this world through Torah and through observance of mitzvahs. It cannot remain without. And thereby, what is revealed, the Jewish soul's loftiness that transcends Torah. And this is where the two expressions of Avas Yisrael emerge. There's the essential love for another Jew, because we are all one at our soul root, beyond Torah and beyond the measured experiences of Torah. So this love we feel is equal to every Jew, no matter his spiritual status, it's the same. At this, at the level of source, there are absolutely no distinctions between a tzaddik and a Jew who is distant from Torah. And so the love too has no distinctions and low, no limitations based on one's spirituality. It's all-encompassing and impacts the physical of a Jew as well. But a Jew's connection in this world to Torah Revealing that soul source here makes Avas Yisrael an actual mitzvah. Loving another Jew because the Torah commands us to, according to the measures and details described in Torah, without diminishing Torah for the act of Avas Yisrael, and those details as determined in Torah can even include the fact that there may be a Jew who we treat based on his behavior Rahman with clear disdain. This is why Makarvan Latira is part of what Hillel says about Avas Yisrael. And this is how the Altareb explains it as a whole. Those who are so far from God that they're referred to only as Briyas creatures need to be brought to Taira. Yes, the love is about essence, just as we know that our own greatness is about our essence. But we can't remain apart from Torah mitzvahs, and neither can the Jew who is distant. And it's this awareness that demands the umekarvan la Torah. Accordingly, we can understand the explanation in the two expressions of our sages regarding Avas Yisrael. Rabbi Akiva is talking about the principle of Avas Yisrael in the Torah, how we actually facilitate this mitzvah with another Jew. Soul in body. In this context, one cannot say this is kol ha-teirakula, the Torah in its entirety. If this were Torah in its entirety, 
then the parameters of mitzvahs would fall away, like they do in the case of pikuach nefesh, in the cases of saving a life. Avas Yisrael, says Rabbi Akiva, is a fundamental and important principle in Torah. Hillel is reflecting on Avas Yisrael as a mitzvah for a soul in a body, but in connection to its source, where Yisrael kodmala Torah. At the level, at this level, the entire Torah is because and for the Jew to reveal the loftiness of the Jew, because the true quality of a Jew is revealed in the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael. This mitzvah then is indeed kol ha-Torah kula, and the rest is all commentary.